0: And you are on the Game Trail Podcast. Okay, I'm sitting here with Rich Frederick, also known as the the New Mexico bow hunting legend, <laughs> a known legend, <laughs>
1: a legend in my own mind. Yeah. Um,
0: I met Rich. We both worked for the fire department at one point, and um, he's lucky to be retired. And just like us, really into bow hunting and hunting in general. And so he's gotten into guiding since he's retired, and you're still bow hunting. Yep. Um, When I can get a tag. When you get a tag, that's the hard part. What are you expecting for 2019? Like, did you put in for everything? Yes. Everything. Everything. (laughs) Whatever you draw. I did that last year too.
1: Oh. And I uh, drew an elk tag. So, which I was happy because I hadn't drawn elk in nine years. So, in New Mexico.
0: (laughs) For guys that don't know, uh, Rich has done the over the counter tag in Colorado. And been successful with it, right? You, did you, two for two. Two for two, which is pretty yeah. good, because most people go up there
1: empty-handed. And it's a challenging hunt. Would you
0: recommend it for
1: everyone else out there? I wouldn't recommend it for everyone. <laughs> it's a selected few. Yeah. The, the spot that I elk hunted, um, there wasn't a lot of people, which is kind of unusual for the over-the-counter for Colorado, um, but there also wasn't a lot of elk. And so <laughs> me and my friend uh, from Colorado basically were hunting about seven elk the whole time that we were up there. And they're about, you know, where we were hunting, it's above treeline. There's no roads up there. So it takes about three to four miles to get up above treeline to hunt them. And so it's a challenge. And then if you don't have horses or, or mules or anything to pack them out, then, yeah. you know, of course, once you shoot one, then <laughs> that's you when the fun begins. You know? <laughs>
0: um, I remember you talking about that, that hunt. Here's that to bring it up because you,
1: did you say you had a problem with the mechanical blade versus
0: you had one that opened up on you too quick?
1: I, I had a shot at one, and uh, I hit some brush, some light brush, and it opened up a blade and ricocheted my arrow up above the trees. <laughs> and so when I got back to camp that day, I put the old you know muzzy 100 grains back on, <laughs> shot him, made sure it was shooting good, and then I ended up shooting my bull with uh, a yeah. muzzy.
0: What have you been shooting now? The, um,
1: the last couple of years I've been shooting uh, the Magnus uh, Stinger. Me and my boy both shot our bulls this year with, the, with that and had good results with it. Um, the Exodus was the one I used before. Yeah. Great head. Yeah, I've been using it's that one. Really good blood trails. Yeah. Um, and then the, uh, the Montec was what I used probably about the last 20 animals before that. <laughs> um, good head. We never had uh, good blood trails with that one. And never lost an animal, though. Yeah. Between me and my boys and some of the friends that I hunted with, um, never lost an animal with that, with that head, but just never had good blood trails. And that's kind of where we were experimenting around with. You know, that's where we went to the exodus.
0: Hey, you've drawn a lot of mule deer just from being here at your house. Yeah. Say you've killed a lot of mule deer.
1: Yeah. So the state of New Mexico has made me a, uh, a self-proclaimed <laughs> mule deer expert. Mule deer. <laughs> <laughs> I've so had you... really bad luck drawing elk, um, <laughs> But this, this was the first year, um, I've been in New Mexico since 1990, and this is the first year that I didn't have a deer tag. Wow. So, Jeez. Um, but I did have an elk tag. <laughs> and so, I've shot quite a few mule deer, so I need to catch up with the elk. I know. You know? I'm
0: in the opposite, I mean, I don't know if that's good or bad, but almost eight years straight without drawing a mule deer tag and then we draw two years straight of course we didn't draw elk tags when we drew the mule deer tag and it was a conspiracy maybe if the game fish does it on purpose yeah
1: (laughs) yeah so we'll see what happens this year like I said I put in for everything everything well I did six years in the Air Force so I have the the veterans 50% off Oh uh, sweet! Rate. I know they do have that. So that's nice. Yeah,
0: if people yeah. don't know that, yeah, that the veterans get the fifty percent off. I think even the outstaters right get it too. I think
1: I, I don't think it's non-residents. The, I think it's just a resident thing only. Resident veterans, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah, but yeah, that them. makes it nice. Where yeah, you, you know, makes it more affordable. Forty, formal. forty-five bucks, or whatever, for an elk yeah. tag. For an elk tag. And <laughs> then my my youngest boy, he was a youth this year. It was his last year being a youth, so we had two elk tags for under a hundred bucks. Oh. <laughs> so that's a you know <laughs> rollback prices, nice. right?
0: Yeah. Um, Now that you transitioned into the civilian life, so to speak, out of the firefighter life, um, you got into guiding, how's that,
1: has that been an experience? Um, The guiding, the guiding's been fun. Um, It allowed me to hunt elk. I think this year I did three or four elk hunts. Um, The year before, which was my first year guiding, um, I think I did like six elk hunts. Um, so it was nice not hunting elk in New Mexico for nine years and then getting the getting right into it and and learning new units and and uh, And you're like me firemen, you know, we like helping people That's why we you know, that's why we do our job Or that's why I did my job in the fire department and it just it kind of rolls over for guiding it's very satisfying uh, You know having someone shoot an animal, you know to harvest an animal yeah um, for the most part most of the guys that I've I've guided I've been very blessed and have been awesome guys. I've had a couple that, you know, tested my patience. Um, <laughs> but that's just that's just part of life, you know. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's funny. And then we were talking before we started the podcast that this is the first year I did the you guys a couple guys on
1: Barbary sheep. Yeah, I went down uh down south on a Barbary Barbary sheep hunt. That was fun. That was I'd never seen a Barbary sheep. <laughs> um, besides on a couple game cam picks. Yeah. Sort from of a ranch down there that we guide on. Um, so that was fun. That was a, a fun hunt. Um, I, I worked a hunting show uh, for my outfitter last year in Pennsylvania, and it was amazing how many people back east want to kill a Barbary sheep. Oh, and I so it kind of, that. it you know, it spiked my interest where I can get a tag for half price. Um, we have decent chances of drawing yeah. um, tags here. And then, of course, there's the over, over-the-counter units, too. Over the so it's like, man, these guys are paying you know somewhere around five thousand dollars to kill one of these and I can go kill one for you know 40 bucks and some gas and food money you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's something I really want to get into I was talking to another fireman uh, friend of ours about it and uh, he's gone on a couple sheep hunts and it, it's a, it's a fun hunt and it's in a time of year where there's no elk hunting there's no mule deer yeah. hunting uh, no turkey and so it's why not yeah, you why know? not yeah, it's something legal, you know. That you can go yeah. kill, you know. And and they're wild, wild too.
0: They're freaking wild animals. That's yeah, and, they're, and it's a challenge. And yeah. it's
1: a. I was telling you, we walked at least ten miles a day. Yeah. Um, you drive down there in southern New Mexico, and it looks pretty easy walking, you know, kind of rolling hills. And man, you get back in that stuff, and it's rocky, and everything <laughs> wants to bite you or scratch you yeah. or cut you. And and one day we had seventy mile an hour winds. It felt like someone was literally grabbing my backpack and trying to throw (laughs) me down every step you know i I think i'm not sure if it was the wind that's making my eyes watery or if i was crying you know but it can be challenging you know yeah you know so
0: I, i was gonna say this before i remember a couple like five or six years ago it snowed during the february hunt right and people were knocking them down left and right because i don't think oh yeah, they, they don't blend out. in they yeah. must stick out like sore, sore thumbs cause they're yeah. so brown yeah they and
1: really blend in
0: yeah because normally there's not snow down there yeah it's pretty deserty country yeah. and i've heard the same thing from other guys saying like you can't even put your hand down on anything without it spiking the crap out of you yeah because everything cactus and then the rocks even sharper is what people say yeah you know the rocks like yeah that every
1: every step is unsure footing <laughs> and so all those accessory muscles at the end of the day you know We're if you done. walk 10 miles it's like walking 20 miles on pavement you know it's just it, it can wear you out
0: yeah um what's your obviously if you could draw anything but what do you look forward to the most is it elk that you want to draw the most you, think, you know you, you know
1: what um right now i, I went down uh with my outfitter and he drew the ibex hunt Oh, I forgot. What the, yeah, and uh, so I went down there and helped him with that one. Right now, that would yeah, be like my time. New Mexico dream hunt. Is yeah. to to draw that hunt. That was so much fun. They're a cool, well, cool animal. Only place I think in North America, right? Yeah. it's free range ibex.
0: Free range ibex. Um,
1: and... It's a hard. I think you have as a, as a resident. I think we have like a point six percent chance of drawing. Yeah. <laughs> so, you got a chance. You, you know? got a chance. Yeah, <laughs> there is a chance. But it's a fun hunt. They're cool animals. Um, and it's challenging. The mountain's a very challenging mountain, and uh, and that's what I like. I like to I like to hike. You know, I, I think hiking's my favorite, and then you know, hunting's my second favorite. <laughs> second favorite. You know, <laughs> and so that if I could draw a tag, you know, next year that would be. That'd be it. That would be it. You know. Yeah,
0: I haven't. I haven't decided if I was going to put in for it or not. I might take the gamble and put in for bighorn sheep. I don't know why, but yeah, no way to draw yeah. it in this day is to put in. Yeah, you have don't have a point to, yeah, system so yeah you have to put in you got to put in i've out never you had them send
1: me a tag where i didn't put in for it no yeah it's weird <laughs> <laughs> but after after IBEX, i you know elk is kind of elk. my passion right now yeah um you know I've, shoot i didn't draw nine years um in new mexico so i went down on the late season hunt um two times and then i uh, went to colorado two times so i ended up getting four four animals out of september but then going back and hunting, you know, elk in September and, and then, of course, the weather is so nice in September here oh, in a mile. I mean, besides the monsoons, it can get you every once in a while. But uh, to get on those bugling bulls and calling them in and, uh, man, it's just, you know, that's the, that's kind of where I'm, where I'm at right now, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens.
0: Would you, we're going to jump all over the place because um, you are definitely an avid bow hunter. You make your own strings. I don't know if you make your own strings, Yeah, but you make yep. your own strings, yep. put your bows together. We're kind of talking about this just in general. Do you think bows have gotten to the point where, the, are they gonna get any faster or do they need to be any faster?
1: Um, well, me personally, I, usually with bows now, I try to slow them down.
0: Uh, I keep hearing the same I, thing now. I've
1: gone to, you know, I used to shoot about a 350 grain arrow. Now I'm shooting about a 500 grain arrow. Yeah. Um, and then the last couple of years, um, I've even gone down to shooting 60 pounds. Yeah. Um, that wasn't due to speed. That was due to getting old, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but now uh, the bow I just got now, um, I have it set at 70. It has an 85% let off, yeah, And so that makes it makes it a little, <laughs> little easier to shoot for us old guys. Um, but I really think that, you know, I think what, one year that I didn't get a mule deer, in like the last 30 years, I was shooting a speed bow. Here. And I'm not going to blame it completely on that, but I did miss two deer that were pretty easy shots. <laughs> um, but man, you, you get over like 285, my personal experience on feet per second, and man, things get squirrely. Oh, and did think about that. And you can stand, you know, back here behind my house, I got a, about 120 yard range. And so I like to shoot my broadheads about 80 yards and get them tuned and, and shoot. And I can shoot, the same broadhead, same arrow, same setup, and I can shoot it three or four times. And then you have a bad release, you have a little hand torque, maybe some side wind, you know, that's coming across. And it, especially when they're, they're when they're flying out there fast, it can really affect arrow flight. Yeah. And so, I mean, just my experience, I like to I like to be shooting around 280 feet per second. Hey. So, what's nice with the speed bows is you can really beef up a heavy arrow and shoot like a full metal jacket. Yeah. or or, you know, or go, you know, the thing right now, the trend is that extreme front of center, you know, shooting 150 grain, yeah. um, you know, broadhead and adding that weight to it, to get kinetic energy. And,
0: I've seen some guys putting a, an insert now yeah, to add yeah, some the, weight the uh, to the
1: front end of it. The gold tips I'm shooting right now, I have a 50, a 50 grain uh, insert that they put in through the back. Okay. And then I'm just shooting, a, I think, 125 grain tips. So I got a pretty heavy front of center. Which, in the wind, crosswinds, you know, it, yeah, it, it makes a flip. difference. Yeah. You know, yeah, getting that front like of it center, does. right?
0: Yeah. Do you, um, what
1: about rifle hunt? Did you playing right, as all bow this year? Um, I've only put in for one rifle hunt, and that was in 2016 in Wyoming. Oh, yeah. And that's when I shot that buck up there in Wyoming, and that's my only, my <laughs> only rifle hunt. But right now, I'm in the process. I'm shopping around. Um, I wanna set up a, a long range rifle. Not that I'm gonna shoot anything long range, but just to have fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um you know three hundred yards is uh, you know good a good range for me, I think, for a rifle. But I want to get something set up where I could shoot, shoot and further. practice farther. Kinda yeah. like with archery, I, I yeah. shoot at hundred and twenty uh, practicing, <laughs> but you know, about seventy is really where I wanna you know very comfortable. I wanna try to get in into seventy. Yeah. You know? Um but I you know if I draw if I draw an, an Ibex or or uh, Oryx or uh, Barbary Sheep, I'd take a rifle. Yeah, I'd take a rifle too. You know, too. I, I definitely would. Yeah.
0: I don't think I was telling guys, because I put them for the once-a-lifetime hunt, I'm not taking a bow, on the, the once lifetime hunt oh, uh, on the range. <laughs> I'm not taking yeah, a bow. Yeah. I'm taking a rifle. Now, you don't have very long too. I think you only get it's a two-day rifle hunt, so yeah. you don't get a long time to, to get it done. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it's hard to do it, but uh, you definitely don't want to take a chance taking a bow out there. Yeah, you know the desert.
1: Yeah, and that's that's kind of you know I love shooting traditional equipment, um, but I, I I wouldn't go hunting with it. No. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. like it's fun to shoot, and I and I respect the guys that, that go out there and, and harvest animals with traditional equipment because it's it's a it's whole another level of bow hunting. Yeah, but if I if I draw a tag, you know, and right now I'm going like every nine years I'm drawing a tag. <laughs> yeah, you to I want to um, make a count. I want to take a compound and you know something I feel you know really comfortable yeah. harvesting an animal with. You know because you have
0: drawn a lot of mule deer and you've been pretty successful would you think you'd ever go after a mule deer with a traditional bow And some of your favorite units
1: you know what or is um, it sold too hard to yeah i don't know you know that's that's a good question um I, we were actually on that wyoming hunt if you draw the buck tag um you can get i think two doe tags and they're relatively cheap i want to say yeah 35 a piece or, think you're right, a yeah. or something and the does up there are everywhere where we were hunting <laughs> and I, they wouldn't be, it, I don't even think it'd be a challenge to shoot one with a bow. So we were talking about taking like a longbow or a recurve on that mm-hmm. hunt and then just play <laughs> around, you know, shoot our buck. Once we get our buck down, then hang out for a couple more days and, and chase the does around and try to yeah. harvest a couple does with, uh, with traditional, you know, maybe javelina might be something that would yeah, be fun. Yeah, no, that's true too. It's traditional, yeah. but, but now it's getting where, I mean, you know, I didn't draw a deer tag, so who knows? Next time I might draw I a deer tag in a in a in a good unit, you know. Yeah,
0: that's true. So, you know, it's so hard to to make that decision. You, you know, don't draw tags all the time.
1: Yeah, and mule deer kind of have that that safety zone of about seventy yards, where you can you can get away with a little bit of error uh, on the hunter side and, and yeah. still get a seventy yard shot. And with the longbow or recurve, it's like no. it's, you know, forty that, yards too 40 far. Forty yards, you know? yeah.
0: Exactly, when you on going back to guiding it, what should people expect when they're like at a, you know like mostly out of staters I'm assuming right that you guide, yeah, what should they expect when
1: when they come out west and they're going to guide and they're they're going with a guide oh, you know the biggest thing for us in New Mexico where we hunt, especially elk, is the altitude altitude and you really can't train for altitude unless you go to altitude yeah. and I've you know I've looked into like the all uh, oh, those masks. the mass that yeah. they have and a lot of people say that they really don't make a difference don't make a difference for you the just altitude. gotta do it yeah you just gotta you <laughs> just got to get used to it yeah so the you know the biggest thing obviously is just to get in shape um, you know hike hills if you can with a pack and or a treadmill at an incline or a stair stepper and you know just get in shape um yeah. and then the other thing is just try to get to albuquerque you know a couple of days early and acclimate, and, acclimate. Yeah. And, and it's amazing you know guys will come into camp they'll get there the night before the hunt um which is pretty common and and i understand it you know it's, yeah, a, it's a five to seven day hunt and they're taking time off of work yeah and so it's hard to take another five days off to acclimate, which is what we recommend, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's amazing. They, they can come in, and it usually takes about two, three days, and you can, I, I can see them really start to acclimate. and you know, Because yeah, the first this. day, you walk up a hill. Oh, yeah, you're done. And, yeah, even for, for, so, for us at yeah. 5,000 feet. I have the same problem. When we go to 10,000 feet, yeah. we can feel it. Yeah. You know, so for them coming from sea level, Jeez. coming up to 10,000 feet, it's like, I can't even imagine, yeah. you
0: know. I was going to say, because like, I remember, you know, in our past hunts, I'm sure you experienced it too, that first day and a half, you kind of, you're just like dragging oh, yeah. for whatever reason. It has to be that extra oh, four it's or 5,000 foot. Sure. yeah. And then you you catch up and then you're you're okay after that. Yeah. But And then water, I don't know about guys, I I think guys from back east don't realize how dry it is here. And they yeah.
1: kind of. And Bud Light has a lot of water in it. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, definitely hammer the Bud Light. Hammer and, that and stay before hydrated, you go out. Right? <laughs> Yeah. Staying hydrated is another big thing, you know, um, but you know, getting in shape and then getting here a little bit early and then, um, and, and most of the guides that I work with and myself, it's like, I tell everyone it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah. Um, you know, it may seem like we only have five days and it's a short amount of time, but we want to gradually, you know, get into things. You yeah. Know? So we're yeah. not going to, I'm not going to take someone on a 10 mile, you know, hike the first day, um, up the mountain, <laughs> and because you, know, you do that and then their hunt's done, you know, yeah. so, you know, we kind of, you know, it's baby steps. We kind of just gradually work into things, you know, but definitely, you know, the hydration a huge thing for, uh, for altitude sickness. You yeah. Know, to avoid hydrated.
0: Help. Do you, do these guys, are they allowed to take GPS with them or anything like that? Or, um, how's you know that work? It, know it, depends, kind of it depends on
1: what outfitter you're working with. Um, myself, I kind of like to have, you know, the Onyx Maps is a huge Huge thing now for us. Oh, I know. I like to have my guys have an Onyx map program or a GPS and just lock the truck in. Especially elk hunting, you know, because a lot of times we'll set up a scenario and and we'll get a bull coming in and I'll set them up and I'll and I'll move back a little bit and I might, you know, rake a tree, do some calling or whatever. And you know, I tell all my hunters, it's like you have to make it happen. You know, (laughs) I, I can we you know, my job is to get us into elk and get that elk within bow range, but then you know, you have to make it happen. And so yeah. sometimes you might have to make a move and, and, and go after this elk, you know, somewhat. And so that's my biggest fear of guiding <laughs> is losing someone. Right. Yeah, and yeah, so it's, it's kind of nice to have, you know, if they can, if they can lock into Onyx maps and at least mark the truck and, and have a, have a backup plan where, okay, we get lost. You know, the first thing is we'll, you know, I'll try to call them in, you know, do three cow calls. Yeah, or, <laughs> they know my bugle, you know, after hanging out and I'll try to bugle them back in. But um you know it is you it is elk hunting in the elk hunting woods when they're going crazy sometimes you might have five or six bulls yeah. bugling everywhere and you know a lot of these guys have never seen or heard an elk before yeah. and let alone you know to try to figure out where my bugle's coming from so <laughs> so it's it's nice you know to have that yeah you know to have them you know be able to find the truck you know and of course there's a thing where you know they might mark our water holes or yeah, a so canyon. Always, we uh, wonder about if they get mad about that yeah but for for a non-resident hunter their chances are so slim of ever drawing again in New <laughs> <That's> Mexico. <true. laughs> it's, I don't even think twice about it. Yeah, um, yeah, I think
0: I've heard that before where guys are like... I can't yeah, remember, someone the, back big, the biggest is like, fear
1: is them sharing it on social media. Oh, yeah, there you go. You yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah, we're in this great spot in this great water hole, <laughs> and there's elk <laughs> and everywhere, you. you know. Uh, yeah.
0: So when you were a guy, you've guided did you just, just elk, and I know the bighorn sheep. Did you guys do
1: deer? You did deer too, right? Mm-hmm. Deer. Did you get a chance to do... I didn't do any pronghorn. I'm going to try to pick up a couple pronghorn hunts this year. And then uh, I'd really like to get into, you know, Oryx and Barbary Sheep. That yeah. was fun. I had a, I had a good time um, down there with the Barbary Sheep hunt. And I, I like to walk. I like to run. And so yeah. it's it's great exercise, you know. <laughs> like I said, hiking is my favorite, you know. Hunting is yeah. a second, you know. So...
0: Are you still doing... Are you doing the keto diet still? No. No? No. You're just eating normal now or
1: yeah pretty much normal um, well i was when I retired, I think I was like two hundred and thirty pounds i'm six three and after six months of being retired and my other job that I work when i'm not guiding is called uh, Rocco rescue and so we do uh standby rescue for confined space yeah. and high angle rope rescue stuff and it's a lot of sitting and <laughs> I don't know how I gain more weight doing that than in the fire department. the meals we <laughs> eat in the fire department you know, yeah. or used to eat you know yeah um but i did i ended up getting up to 265 pounds and so the biggest thing i did was just i quit drinking (laughs) and started running and i have an addictive personality so you know if you if you get rid of a bad habit you have to replace it with a good habit and so i just started running and i was you know basically forrest gump you know (laughs) i just kept running and running so i got down to um 175 pounds which was I found out way too skinny for packing out an elk. Um, I could run forever, yeah. but I put that first <laughs> time and quarter on my pack and I was like, Oh my God, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, you know? So now I've gotten to a weight where I'm two Oh five and I'm doing a lot of strength training, um, with the running. So I've cut, I've cut the running way back, um, to, you know, maybe 20 to 30 miles a week, um, where I was up, you know, close to hundred miles a week before, um, so now it's kind of like, you know, there's a, there's a happy balance there. Yeah. Because elk are heavy. Oh, no. They're, people are they're, they're, they're a heavy yeah. animal. They're heavy. Um, and when you, when you're guiding someone, you know, when, when we hunt oh, with uh, our buddies, everyone has a, yeah, everyone a has nice their, frame pack and everyone's going to help out. And, yeah. you know, some of the guys I guide, you know, physically can't do it or, you know, they, they show up to camp with a fanny pack. Oh. And I don't know <laughs> if you ever put a you know, hind quarter in a fanny pack, but it, it doesn't work. Man, no, you know? it doesn't. <laughs> so. And you end up packing that elk out, you know, yeah. by yourself. So it's good to be able to, you know, have a little bit of strength, you know.
0: Well, it's funny 'cause about the packs is, I'm sure you do the same thing. Like, if you get into hunting, if anyone's into hunting, you probably have like your socks that you've always killed a buck with, or your, your shirt, or you have like some, what do you want to call it, like a trinket that gives you good luck. Well, when I shed hunt, 'cause I go like looking for sheds. I don't take a frame pack. I take a regular old little backpack, and I find a lot of sheds. And of course, I can't carry them for nothing because right. it's a little—it's like a school backpack, and I get harassed all the time. Like, I need to get a frame pack, but I'm like so worried that if I take a frame pack, I won't find a shed. And so I just have to tough it out and use duct tape and everything else to put it on a little school bag to get it out. But um.
1: Did I show you the picture of the sheds I found? I, yeah I saw a couple of these yeah, I combler. needed a frame They're, pack
0: you need a frame pack yeah you do because yeah. one you worried about to get another' heavy and awkward yeah it's, it's amazing then, how heavy they are yeah and then you're worried about when you start collecting up when you find like four or five you know you start thinking like dude if I fall down I'll impale myself oh, on yeah. one of these freaking things and yeah. I'll be done <laughs> yeah. you think about that all the time when you're going yeah. around those the, the sheds yeah, especially I had my the elk frame ones. Pack
1: loaded and then I had a shed in each hand because <laughs> um, i was i wasn't hunting i was helping my son-in-law and my and my boy hunt on their on their hunt and i told my son-in-law i was like don't even don't even look on the ground anymore i do not want to see <laughs> yeah, another shed on the way yeah. out of here
0: you're trying not to find you a shed know, no we, more. we hit like That's a little a good, honey
1: hole or i guess you're all hanging out yeah um but yeah
0: has that addiction turned out i don't know if you really did it in the past but i they, um, i'm more, i bet you're like more like everyone else right you just you come across one yeah i'll pick it
1: up yeah yeah. And, then, and and, I've never, I shouldn't say never, but I, I'm not the guy that finds sheds. Oh. <laughs> you know, I, I, it seems like whoever I go hunting with always finds more sheds. And I don't know if I'm not looking at the ground enough or, yeah. or but when I'm hunting, I really don't find that many sheds. Um, but after this last hunt I went on um, in December and found those sheds, And then found out how much they're worth. Oh yeah. It's like, I'm retired man. So you know what I mean? It's like that, that's another (laughs) part-time gig for me. I know, I know. I didn't know what they're worth until I You know, so it's like, throw that, you know, throw that pack on and, and go for some long hikes and do some glassing and learn some new area. And
0: I know for once, down here where we're at in New Mexico, we got a decent winter. So a lot of, a lot of spots that I like to go are covered in snow. Yeah. So I don't even know where to go. And then it changed the whole habit. Like, the, I'm sure the game actually went to their winter oh, grounds, yeah. and I don't even know where those are at because we haven't had a winter in like five years, yeah, so I don't they, know where that is. They went
1: to their wintering area for the last 10 years, and yeah. like, what the hell? There's two <laughs> foot of snow here. Yeah, there's two we feet of find snow. Area. Yeah. They went somewhere else now, so I don't know where <laughs> that is now. So
0: I'm all freaking out trying to figure out where the heck these things went for yeah. the winter because we actually had a decent winter. Um,
1: Which will be good for antler growth Oh yeah, for what, next
0: year. I didn't tell you when I was out the other day trying to get to a game camera, I couldn't even make it to it because. It was off of up north and when I got off the paved road, it's that snot, that yucky, mucky. Oh yeah. And it's 11 o'clock in the evening or in the afternoon or early afternoon and it's already You know, Everything's thawed out from the overnight freezing. I don't think I made it 300 yards in off the paved road and I'm like, I can't, I'm gonna get, I'm already getting stuck. So I turned back around, got out, went to another spot to set up a camera just for fun. And when I got out, it even looked, it looks dry, but it's not. It was like three inches of mud. And so it, that's just how good the winter was this year. It's just yeah. oh, inward yeah. there's not snow. It is muddy. And I couldn't even walk around. I ended up not dropping the camera because I couldn't walk anywhere. I had like, you know, you kick up the mud. on your Oh, boot, yeah. And your, your, your boots, boots are about 50 pounds. Yeah, 50, yeah, I was like, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> I can't stand. It. I still got mud stuck on. There's like concrete and I can't get it off. <laughs> but yeah, we're still waiting for that and getting the itch for, to get out there for that. You know, what, what are you looking for to set up your bow for people that are, are getting new into it?
1: Um, well, I've, I've set up so many bows for myself and <laughs> I have five kids and a wife and, and, everyone, else in there. and, yeah, and then everyone else in the fire department that comes by. Um, I just eyeball everything first. So I put the rest on, you know, the, the dropway rest are pretty much what everyone's using now. Time that, set it up, kind of eyeball it, get it level, um, you know, look down the top of the bow, get that arrow in the center, you know, center shot it basically. And then, uh, and then, you know, shoot it, shoot it. I'll usually shoot one or two through paper. Um, that'll tell you a lot. Get it close. And then after, I don't really like, try to get a perfect bullet hole through paper. Um, what I like to do is, you know, get it close, then get the bow set up. And then have them shoot it for a while. Um, if it's my bow, like the one I just got, you know, I'll shoot it for a month or so. And then what I'll do is I'll bear shaft tune it. Oh. So I'll get a bear shaft. I'll get out to 10 yards you know, shoot, you know, three arrows at a group at, at you know, 10 or at different spots, um, you know, at 10 so you don't blow up arrows. Um, and then I'll get the bear shaft and get it, you know, tune it to that bear shaft. And once, it, once I can bear shaft, most bows I can get to about 20 yards of the bear shaft where they'll group um, like the, that Hoyt spider that I had yeah. that I've been shooting for the last couple of years. I had that bear shaft tune at 30 yards. Um, so if you can shoot a bear shaft at 30 yards consistently you can put about any broadhead on there, and you'll be good. You <laughs> yeah. know, and so that's kind of what I what I do because I the, the the paper tuning will tell you a lot, especially if it's you know way off and you're getting a six inch tear or something crazy. You know, um, you know yoke tuning is a big thing with the Hoyts, especially oh, yeah. the, the older you know older Hoyts. I haven't I haven't even tuned this one yet, so I've just been shooting it and it, it, you know just by watching the arrows fly, uh, they look like they're flying you know pretty pretty good, but. After I, after I get used to it, because the grip's a little different on this bow, and, and you know it has an 85% let-off, so you gotta be real careful with what you're doing you know, at full draw, because you're not holding hardly any weight, and so you don't wanna put too much face pressure on there, you know, yeah. kind of get used to the bow first. You know?
0: Trigger-wise, are you still using just a regular release, or using
1: back I'm You using I'm, yeah, I'm a trigger release. Okay. Yeah. I know some guys are and I'm, to, get and I'm to the point right now where, you know, I'm, I started, you know, shoot, I was, I'm 50, Okay, I just turned 50 this week, and the first deer I shot was when I was 13, and <laughs> with a bow. And some, you know, and I don't even know if they had releases back then. You know I, mean? I don't, I, I don't know. even know either. But I shot fingers forever. Yeah, I did too. And so, and it took me a while, man. It took me, you know, and it, and it's looking back at it, I probably missed a lot of deer, probably wounded a lot of deer from shooting fingers. Yeah. You know, because it's just. If you have a bad release with a broadhead on there, a fixed blade broadhead, especially when the bows started getting faster, um, they're, they're just not going to fly good. Yeah. Know? And so it took me a while to go from that transition to fingers, to shooting a mechanical release. And the only reason I did that is because my wife and my kids, my, my older boys are probably like 10, 12 years old. And I got them bows, got them set up, got my wife a bow, got her set up. And I, and I knew that the right thing was to shoot a mechanical release with a string loop, right? <laughs> so, you know, I set them up. And in a day, they were shooting better than I was with fingers, and I was like, "Okay, I'm missing the boat here." Yeah. Know? So that's when I did the transition to the finger, you know, trigger release, and then now, of course, the back tension releases are real popular. Yeah. Um, so I've been kind of contemplating. Oh, you experiment- haven't tried that yet? Experimenting. I'm so I don't sc- know if I'd want to hunt with one because they're scary, man. No, they are scary. <laughs> I
0: mean, people talk about it and shoot them, but you're scared because I guess it's yeah. your back tension, right? You put enough yeah. tension on your. On your lap or whatever it is, you're pulling back, and right if you do it just right, and you're not ready, yet, it goes off. That's oh, kind of yeah. scary, man. I'm like,
1: yeah, yeah. So, and I and I get it. it. It all makes sense. Yeah, you know. And I, you know, with the trigger release I have now, I don't punch the trigger. I and I and I'm not shooting with any target panic. Thanks be to God. You know, and oh. I, I I hate even saying that word out loud. You know, because it I I've, I've had it before, and it, and it sneaks up on you. And I've seen other people get it, and it's a it's an evil thing. Yeah, and, you know? and I think
0: I I started developing target panic this past season. I, mean, I was going to bring it up next, like, you know, if you've experienced it or and what you do to overcome it, because I think you can't hit it hard enough on target panic because it happens. And I think I got it last year, and I started shooting my my uh, target at like five yards with my eyes shut. You know, they say that helps out with the target panic, but yeah, I don't know if it did or not. Or the, if it did it
1: Enough for when I feel it creeping. Because it'll just all of a sudden start creeping up on you, you know. <laughs> um, and what you'll find is it's hard to hold that, you know, that pin on the target yeah. and release. The pin just, you know, it'll usually, you know, it's pretty common for it to bury at the bottom of the, you know, the six o'clock position on the on the bullseye. Um, and then you kind of what what you do is you're like, I can't. It's not over there. So I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna lift my arm up and, and then pull it. the trigger, you know. Um, and it's just not a good a good way to shoot, you know. So what I do if I feel that coming on is all I won't shoot. So I might I might pull back twelve times, and pull back and and I'll put my finger on the trigger just like I'm going to shoot, and I'll just relax and let that that pin float on the target um, for you know three to five seconds, and then I'll let down. Okay. And so I'll do that you know maybe a dozen times, and then it's amazing then i'll tell myself and this might seem completely like you know who knows you know <laughs> knows? but it works for me you know what yeah. I mean? but what i'll do is then i'll pull back and i'll tell myself i'm not going to shoot i'm not going to shoot him to let it float and then i kind of trick myself into shooting and i just you know prize yourself and and i do that a few times and then it kind of gets me out of that that target panic of you know the brain but, wanting to sh- you know to shoot yeah. you know I-
0: Maybe it's not target panic that I was experiencing. I think I was experiencing punching the trigger. Right. Because what I'm doing right. is I'm pulling back, and as I'm pulling back, getting settled in, and when I go to pull the trigger, I'm pulling and pulling. I'm not sure if that's punching the trigger is what I'm doing.
1: Right. And so, the, I mean, the best thing to do is get a release where you can put a little bit of pressure on it, on the trigger. Um. So, you know, the Scott, the Carter, I think they both make good, Yeah, I think you can you know, set the where you can adjust that trigger, where yeah. you can put a little bit of pressure on it. And the way I shoot and, and if people come over, cause it's real common for people to hold their finger up almost like a, you know, when you're sipping a glass of wine and you hold your pinky up in the <laughs> air, their, their index finger is kind of floating up over it and they pull back and they put the you know, pin on the target and then they slap their finger down. Yeah, And, you know, and that's just not a good way to, to no. shoot you know, accurately. So if you can, what I tell everyone to do is make a hook with their finger and then hook that finger over the release so there's a little bit of pressure on there and then to you you know what 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 i do is i kind of pinch my shoulder blades back together like, which yeah. i guess is the definition of back tension right or think of ringing a doorbell with your elbow so if you're standing you know in front oh, of a right doorbell you. and you just kind of ring that doorbell cuz it once you make that hook and you hold your finger solid it only takes a little bit of that pressure to set that release off yeah and, and it kind of gives you that, you know, surprise release, I guess. But, yeah. I mean, I, I don't have a surprise release because I've shot my bow and I've shot that trigger so many, so times. many times that I, I know it's coming, yeah. you know. But for me personally, the most important thing is to have that pin on my target and I'm relaxed because what the target panic is, is exactly what it sounds like. It's okay. you're panicking and you're yeah. freaking out. You know what I mean? And so you're not relaxed. You're not enjoying that shot. You know so you just want to be in like the zen moment if you will you know yeah
0: i remember because because you set me up with my first modern compound bow and i had to transition from shooting with my fingers and using a trigger and i had the hardest that was the hardest thing to do is getting used to a trigger because i shot with fingers for so long yeah and i'm like well you know if I break my hand, then you know, I'm not hunting, period. So if I yeah. lose a trigger, I'm sure... I've, I didn't lose a trigger, but I thank God I had two. I didn't have it on my wrist, and I remember where my yeah. other one was at, and I put it on. But I'm thinking, like, if I had just sucked my fingers, I wouldn't even have to worry about carrying a stupid trigger around with yeah. me. But you're right. It's so much ac- more accurate with these fast With the fast dropway bows.
1: rest and the carbon arrows, and yeah. the bows are fast, and, and string loops now. It's like... I've, I've had people come over and i'll help them out and they've never shot a bow before and in a half an hour they're they're shooting, they're shooting a softball size group at 30 yards Jeez. and they've never shot a bow before because it's just a, it's you know in the peep sight you know oh, I and mean, yeah. i remember you know yeah, i didn't have a peep sight. i never had a peep yeah, sight never had a peep you peep know sight. i looked past the string you yeah
0: know? i did the same thing yeah that's right i i got into bow hunting in 93 and there was no peep sights there there were triggers but it wasn't they didn't have definitely didn't have the drop away
1: yeah and they were like true fire you know they were cheap ones the the only way to get
0: a faster bow at the time was really you had that rest that came back so that way you could shorten your arrow trying to get a faster arrow right oh yeah the overdraw the overdraw that's yeah Yeah. your overdraw rest and that's all you had and i never went that route i just stuck to what i had and yeah well they had metal pins and they didn't glow either (laughs) they were painted oh, on yeah. Yeah, red blue orange. <laughs> <polish>. you know <laughs> geez
1: and and now you know i want to i said true fire wasn't any good i don't if anyone's listening that shoots true fire <laughs> they make good releases now you know but i mean <laughs> oh, I know, they're I still cheap there's... ones that you can buy at walmart yeah but yeah. they true fire makes some good stuff now yeah yeah i had i had uh you know my first mule deer hunt was up here you know in the sandias yeah i guess i can say it because you have about a three percent yeah you have three uh, still gotta draw the tag (laughs) back then it was over the counter yeah i was in the air force and uh some of the guys i was a helicopter mechanic and some were were talking and and they're talking about bow hunting and this guy shot one and we didn't there weren't no cell phones back then right so they didn't have it on their (laughs) cell phone to show me that it said that you know i think they might have brought a polaroid in later i don't know but but, i was like you can just yeah, just go down to Walmart, and I don't even know Walmart actually. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know, but you just go down to you know the sporting goods store, and you can buy a tag, and yeah. and you can go up there and, and hunt them. Yeah, and I'm like, no way, you know. So I you know went sure up enough. there and I had an overdraw like a six inch overdraw, <laughs> you know, to... shooting a twenty three seventeen, uh, freaking piece of rebar Blue. with five <laughs> inch fletching on it with the Thunderhead one twenty five. Yeah, the Thunderheads, and <laughs> that was state of the art stuff back yeah. then. You know. Yeah. And I went up there and I remember coming, I went up in the morning and they took, kind of told me a spot to go over on the, on the backside. And I had a nine arrow quiver, oh. okay? <laughs> I came back with no arrows. And uh, my, I remember my wife was still sleeping. I got back that early. That's how fast I had nine shots, right? <laughs> and uh, she's like how was it and i was like it was pretty good uh but i ran out of arrows you know well, did you get a deer i was like no i didn't even came close you know <laughs> and it, well, it turned out that my broadheads were hitting my riser because oh, i had that on the way out undo. yeah you had, I the had that big old overdraw you know <laughs> and so my, my buddy from colorado at the time he worked on base, and and uh, he was like yeah he goes let's go to the range you know and kind of see what your broadheads are doing you know and so I shot like, you know, I'd never shot my broadheads, right? You know, yeah, right? I never did they're either. expensive. Yeah. Why would you want to make, make them dull? Screw you know? them up. Yeah. So we went out to the range and I shot and I shot like at 30 yards. I shot six feet over the target. Jeez. And my buddy's like, oh, dude, what's what's going on, man? You know, and so we, we looked at my, we're looking at my bow, trying to figure out if something went out of tune. And there was a bunch of cuts on my riser from the broadheads oh, going across my riser. You know? I don't
0: know if you ever get that. I, I get, mm-hmm. I want to, you know, when you're, comes to hunting season you want to shoot your broadheads or a broadhead of that you're gonna the brand you're gonna shoot, I get so worried that I'm gonna pull it back and like nick my freaking hand. When I'm hunting I don't even think about it. Right. Draw back and you're in the moment. But yep. when you're practicing you're, you're thinking about this sharp blade at the end of the arrow you're like, I hope this goes off right and slice my hand off. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially back in
1: the day of the overdraw, you know? Yeah, with those overdraws is back, back, back behind you. Almost, you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I remember when Whisker Biscuits came out, that was like the coolest Latest craze, you know. Oh yeah, you gotta try the whisker biscuit. You don't even have to worry about holding your, because you had to hold your arrow on to keep it on there with your own hand.
1: There's, I don't know if they're still around, but there used to be a gang in the fire department called the the biscuit boys. Uh, no, I'm not gonna mention any names. <laughs> I know you're. I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I remember them. <laughs> I'm I'm not a big fan of the whisker biscuit, but if you've never shot before, for kids, or or if you're shooting out of a tree and you're not shooting, or even a stand, you're not shooting far. Um, you know they they do a good job containing the arrow. Yeah, but I, I just I just find that the drop ways you know are, are the way to go now. You know? Oh yeah, but I mean there's a lot of people that still shoot them. Yeah, they're, no, they're there really are popular. There are a lot. So it's yeah. like, and with archery you know it is or gosh there has to be two hundred broadhead manufacturers. Oh, I know. You know yeah. now there's arrow manufacturers. You know Easton just came out with their. You see those <laughs> arrows for three hundred dollars a dozen. No, I haven't seen those yeah. yet. So. And yeah, you know there's there's all kinds of equipment and everyone. That's what's cool about archery. Yeah. Because there's so many options.
0: Now there are. There's tons you know? of options. Yeah, now. yeah. That's now very... it's
1: like there's so many options on bows and, and there's hardly a bad bow manufacturer out there. You know? Yeah, that's
0: um, kind of like the trucks, these new trucks. Is It's not brand. It's like, what do you want? Yeah, do you want it, the it, heater to be, yeah. the control to be on your left side or your right side? Because it's these trucks are so competitive yeah. now. It's the same with the yeah. bows. They're right yeah. there with each other now. Mm-hmm. Um, our last podcast, we were talking about, you know, mule deer how they like do they make any noise have you noticed because you've hunted more mule deer than i've ever yeah. have do they make noise during the rut at all like you see this back he's just thing for where the they people grunt.
1: that can't see eric he just did a jazz hand yeah so
0: he did like <laughs> one jazz hand so. um <laughs> that being said so, do so they make noise yes and I, i've never heard of any noise
1: i've had good success and i know people that have had real good success um, rattling, scraping wow. um, antlers. Um, you know, mule deer are very curious. And so, <laughs> you know, especially in the rut. Yeah. Um, I've even, I I haven't used it yet, but I did buy two of the Primo's cans, oh, yeah, cans, the green cans. Because on on one of our, our hunts we were guiding, one of the guides took it just to see what would happen. And yeah. he had really good success wow. with it. See? With the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But they're they're curious and i've called in more does with just and and i'm you know i i think there might be a difference between rattling for a whitetail where they can get really aggressive and really yeah. loud with the, the fighting and stuff what i'll usually do is just take like a little three by three rack that i have that i've cut and and just kind of kind of tease the tips of the antlers a little bit just just real light yeah and i've called in more does that way huh. and if they're in the rut, if the yeah. doe comes, guess who's coming will. next, yeah. right? right? And so, um, and I've heard a lot of them, you know, they'll, they'll grunt, you know, especially when they're chasing a doe around. Um, I've never used, like, a, a grunt that they sell. Yeah. Um, but the, the the raking and, you know, scraping the ground, breaking branches, kind of like, you know, kind of like for elk, where you yeah, th- like want to sound like a, a herd of elk, you yeah. know, sound like a couple, a couple bucks messing around, fighting or whatever, <laughs> and you know hopefully the the big guys around the corner are thinking hey what's going on over there yeah. sounds like two punks i'm gonna go over there and <laughs> go kick some mess butt. It you know yeah. they're hanging out too close to, to mama you know but they don't sell anything really commercially no right? they don't I mean, it's all white tail so yeah. I, that's
0: what we were talking about the other day like i mean is there a niche there that we're just missing probably <laughs> probably yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're missing this million dollar niche
1: but i you know i wanted to go up in the Sandias. Yeah, when I oh, come that's back a good to my idea. Hunt yeah. And just kind of experiment with the, the can, you know, yeah, and see if they come and in. And <laughs> just see, you know. That's I, a good I idea. But I called in that that buck there. Um, that's a Sandia buck. Oh, I, see. Okay. I called him in coyote calling. Oh wow. Huh. Um, <laughs> went after this buck early in the morning. Got close to him. Never got a shot, and I, he took me way up on the mountain. It was a year that we had a bunch of snow, of course. Took me way up on the mountain, kind of chased him around. Never got a shot. Came back down about halfway in the mountain, and uh, my mom called, and I was like, <laughs> I hadn't talked to. She would called like a few times, and I'd been hunting. I was like, if my, you know, you know, mom's, if yeah, you're like, okay, they called, so yeah. like, I better answer this. It's middle of the day, nothing's going on, you know. I already blew this deer out of the country, you know. So I talked to her for about an hour on my cell phone, made lunch, got the, you know, got the uh, lunch out, talked to her, and I was like, well, it's middle of the day, one o'clock, and you know kind of thinking what I wanted to do. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to just do some coyote calling, you know? So I just got the hand call out and just started doing some real light calling and called in that buck. And that's a nice buck.
0: You can't see, guys, but it's a really nice buck.
1: And I don't know if he was just curious, you know? That's weird. Yeah, I I don't know. know. Who knows what he thought, what he heard, Maybe I'm that bad at coy- calling coyotes. You <laughs> <He> called <laughs> them the wrong species. <laughs> it Did I I sounded am- like a doe? I don't yeah. know, you know. And the but, suns- but it's like they're they're curious animals. So yeah, you yeah.
0: Know. They can be either. They, I have noticed either they'll blow out or they'll sit there and stare you out yeah. for a while. And yeah. at least during the September hunt, when they're either I blow them out completely or. They're that curious, like, yeah, uh, they don't know what's there's something sketchy, but they still want to hang out just long enough to see what yeah. it is, and that's how they get killed. Oh, you know. man,
1: I bet I've killed half of my deer <laughs> because I screwed up, they took off, <laughs> and they just couldn't handle not knowing what just what happened. It was. <laughs> and so they have to stop and take a look back. Yeah, and, and it's it. like game over, man. Game if over. They're within that 70 yards. <laughs> you know and we hunt in a pretty open country yeah yeah and you know yeah i've you know i've blown a lot of stocks that way and it's like you're you know you're kind of pissed off and then they stop and it's like what they stop yeah
0: um obviously you kill a lot of bucks um have you noticed do they do they duck ever on you because you always hear about like back east when you, when you watch these back east guys yeah you see these white tails actually ducking the string oh big time yeah but i don't
1: know i haven't They're, killed enough mill there to say they, they actually they do. Can do it they, they do for sure yeah. um and especially like because I've, I've guided a couple i shouldn't say guided but i've i've taken some friends up and their Sandia. kids up there yeah. in the sandias yeah and uh and then my own kids yeah and you know when you're 12 like uh one, one of my friends her da- his daughter was 12. And so she's, you know, she can only pull back so much, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, they, you shoot 40 yards and, and they have a lot of time to react. Yeah. And then my kid, he shot at one and it was, a, and he's a good shot. All right. My kid's a good shot. And he's probably, this is probably three years ago. So he's probably 15 or so. And this buck walks up and he was chasing the does. And I did a little call and he stopped and, and uh, <laughs> my boy shot and he was shooting with a And it was first thing in the morning, so the sun wasn't out. So you could see that luminuck. And I mean, he missed, it looked like he missed this deer by three foot behind him and three foot over him. And so I'm (laughs) giving him crap and I'm making fun of him and stuff, you know? And so then we watched, I had a, I videoed it on my cell phone, you know, and we watched it and he would have, he would have drilled that deer in the vitals. That deer Uh dropped and then took off and he moved that much. You know, and he was probably shooting, you know, 50-pound bow at the yeah. time, you know. Yeah, but they do really react, fast. but I, I don't yeah. think they react nearly like with a whitetail. Yeah. A whitetail like a whole nother level, I think. Of, I guess so. Uh, I mean,
0: I don't know if you're experienced. When you watch those videos of whitetail hunters, those whitetails seem like they walk around like they're constantly paranoid or oh, something. Yeah. <laughs> like they're constantly alert. Yeah, they're like
1: antelope. When the wind yeah. blows, they, they jump, and yeah. they're real twitchy. Yeah, s-
0: sketchy animals for some reason. But I've
1: seen elk do the same thing, you know, a 700-pound animal jump strings. And yeah. then even, you know, just watching YouTube videos and guys shoot, you know, 30, 40 yards and they hit the animal high, but then they watch it, you know, they replay it in slow-mo and that elk is dropping, you know, a yeah. foot, you know, before the, elk, <laughs> before the arrow gets there. I know, it's
0: crazy that an animal that large could do that. Have you, have you ever had a chance to antelope bow hunt yet? I've shot
1: four, four bucks.
0: With the With the with bow? bow, yeah. And
1: oh. none of them over water oh <laughs> All of them i would have assumed stuck. water yeah <laughs> and i it's been years ago i haven't drawn yeah you know? it's been hard yeah that's another thing i, I think i kind of want to put in for antelope rifle and just oh, change yeah. it up a little bit so I've, I've shot i've shot four nice uh those, oh, those two yeah those, those are nice two are bucks boat, up there those, yeah surprising those, those shoulder mounted <laughs> and now those those dudes will jump the stream. oh okay you know those ones are so that
0: i haven't put in for antelope yet this year and i'm thinking about doing bow hunt first choice and then
1: rifle all down yeah but yeah yeah i'm certain that like it's oh man i, I don't want to say that it, i'm trying to think of the words here it's challenging yeah so it's, it has to be it's in august yeah it's hotter than it and you know we we're in the desert yeah it's and hot. for me i have allergies Oh. <laughs> and so it's a bad allergy time and it's yeah. dusty and it's hot and um if you can find a good water hole that's probably the best to sit on sit yeah, on the yeah I, was, I would in. assume so but, uh, the, I've done most of mine, you know, like I said, just spot and stock and hunted them in areas where there's pinon and juniper, where you have a little bit of cover, yeah. you know, to, to stalk them. Yeah. But it's a challenging hunt, but they'll, they'll move, you know, yeah. like 30 yards broadside, looking at a direction you shoot and there's, <laughs> they're 10 yards from where they are standing. And you're like, I know. what? <laughs> yeah. Well, they, yeah, they're
0: supposed to be the fast animal in North America. And I guess they are. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: But they're fun. Yeah, they're fun.
0: Of, if you never hunted, they're fun to hunt. Yeah. Even rifle hunting with them, I have two, and it's even rifle hunting is still fun. Yeah. Hunt. My
1: my my kids done a couple of tags, and we've gone up to northern New Mexico on those hunts, and it's a it's a fun hunt.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a fun hunt. But that's and, what
1: I'm thinking with for me. It's like I can go out there in a day or two, shoot one. Yeah. You know, go through the heat and the allergies and the dust. <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> I mean, you, well, you've been up there. In, oh yeah. It, oh, it was big last year. It's like. A river of pollen that's yeah. flowing through the air. I mean, it's yeah. crazy. I know
0: people don't realize, like, it is desert, but especially northeast New Mexico, it, it gets a lot of rain because the hunt's usually right in the middle of monsoon season, so the grass is, you know, knee height if it has been mowed down by the cows. But, yeah, it's green and grassy and, mm-hmm. yeah, pollen, if you have algae, I can see that being a major downside. There's oh, yeah. Everywhere. You can see it blowing around in the air. Yeah. and. So it can it's be, hot
1: it can be challenging for sure
0: yeah it's hot once that sun breaks over the horizon it gets and it's a hard hot. tag to draw too it is a hard tag to yeah. draw. Yeah. even archery yeah you know yeah we'll see how it goes this year because they've i don't know if you looked at it yet. Yeah, they've chopped it up yeah really i don't know good or bad but we're gonna find out well a lot
1: yeah. of it you can't hunt the ranches right you have to hunt. No. yeah no no you're, a lot, you just you're hunt not public a lot of land now right yeah
0: you have, it's all public land and
1: then the ranchers control their their little their ranch tags and stuff, yeah. yeah
0: so i'm not sure how that's going to work and yeah it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, what's it's them a big making
1: change. the the deer hunt, either September or January, that's yeah, going to... as a whole different... It's, well, yeah, <laughs> we'll see what happens with that, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Did I, you, I
1: really think if you want to draw a deer hunt in September, it, you have a good chance, you know.
0: Yeah, because, you know, I know you like... I don't know if you liked it, but just because the, the way the draws work, have worked out for you, you've done a lot of January uh, deer, uh, deer hunting. Yeah. You prefer one or the other, or you're like...
1: Um, you know, I, I really like the September hunt because they're, they're in velvet. Yeah. And they're, they're kind of out in the open burn areas where you can glass them. Um, I'm really not a big fan of the cold, to be honest I, with you. I, and, I'm not either. <laughs> and January, I mean, oh, yeah. it can get cold, man. Yeah, it's you brutal. Know, even it can be brutal. the guys in the Sandias this year that hunted. Oh, yeah. And they had, I don't think they had a day without snow. Oh, I, mean, I know. Just, this just year's been a totally crazy, different year. yeah. So
0: I couldn't imagine this path.
1: But yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the September hunt um but now guiding um that's where i can you know guide people for elk the guys that are lucky enough to draw elk hunts i can guide them on that early hunt late hunt and then so this year i'm I'm probably going to put in for the january hunt yeah just because there's you know i I like elk hunting and guiding elk is is, is fun
0: and that's what we kind of we were putting for the draws you're like well now that you have this choice rather than having you know if you didn't tag out you got to go in january we actually purposely chose january hoping yeah <laughs> we draw an elk tag because i'd rather hunt elk yeah and i in think, the I think that's how everyone is really yeah. you know
1: even you know the, even the units that were uh you know up until this year september and january um i'd go in september because obviously i never had an elk tag right so uh-huh. i'd go out there and deer hunt and there's hardly anybody deer hunting in september but then you go back you know if you didn't tag out go back in january that same unit and it's a whole different story oh that's right you know it's like everyone that had a tag is there in january because there's no outcomes you know yeah yeah, so,
0: yeah and i haven't had the luxury to you know, we all, i've only drawn deer now for the past two years but it, the year that we drew was only september you couldn't go back in january so i haven't it's been since the over-the-counter that sandia would sandia hunt great january hunt. Oh, i know it would be did
1: they open it up for january no they no? did not uh, <laughs> They just like that, the Sandia. That one stayed the same. They don't that have one. a September hunt. Yeah, now there's no September my, hunt. That, that, was, that was my favorite hunt. Yeah.
0: I don't know why they did that. Yeah. I'm sure. I uh, loved that hunt. We get into politics, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm
0: sure the residents that live against the mountain probably got I'm sure tired of it. I'm sure the
1: Game and Fish knows exactly what they're doing, oh, and yeah. there's a reason for it. Yeah. It's just above our pay grade.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm,
1: and I'm even putting in, and, I, and it'll be interesting to see. But I'm putting in for that late season archery elk hunt. Oh yeah, I know that a now. because
0: that's the choice now. Just because
1: if we do draw that, then you know, again, that opens me up for September. Yeah, opens up for I can September. Go elk hunting in December, and then deer hunting in yeah. January. And then, in the perfect world. Yeah, you know.
0: and then on, on that new tag that they made a draw hunt, you do have the option of shooting a cow now. Yeah. So. Which is nice. Which is nice because yeah, you know where those are at too. Yeah. The cows like to gather up really well in those units that they opened up. So it gives you the chance. The downside is the six pie on one yeah, side. Yeah, <laughs> that the, makes it. I tough. think the
1: biggest downside is they've been hunted. Yeah. Archery, muzzleloader, rifle, rifle. and then and they go. So <laughs> now they're the the dumb ones that I'm looking for. They're already in someone's freezer. Yeah. You yeah know? Exactly. So, and then finding a six, you know, a six, a six point is, is tough. It can be real tough. They're yeah. there, but um, and they're in some rugged country. You know, yeah, they, they I, winter I, in some rugged country where we yeah. hunt too, which it's it's fun. It makes it challenging,
0: and you can glass. I know you, you like to glass a lot, so yeah, it's definitely a nice yeah, hunt they're, for they're if you're a glasser. That's glass. definitely a good area to or a good hunt to. If yeah. you're a glasser, I can't. I don't own glass other than my own binos, and I don't glass anything. I pretty much my binos are to confirm <laughs> whether it's a <laughs> it's a doe <laughs> or a buck, and that's it. <laughs> Because I don't have the patience. And then, well, you know, a lot of New Mexico thinks it's wide open. A lot of it's not, though. A lot of it's yeah thick stuff. where There's not going to be a lot yeah. of glassing. Yeah. High up in, you know, Cloudcroft, you're not glassing anything. Yeah, right? a lot it's of the so September
1: elk hunts, I don't. I carry glass, but I don't use it much. Yeah. You know, um, but I can tell you one thing. That was probably the biggest um, thing that I did to increase my success as a mule deer hunter okay is buy good optics good optics and i was the same way i didn't even have optics starting out you know back uh years ago <laughs> and then again my buddy was like dude you got to get some binoculars you yeah know? And, uh, and so i'm like all right so i went to walmart and i got the eight by 20 ones that <laughs> yeah. they sell in the sporting goods section you know that i think they're made for like watching a, a sporting you know game yeah. or football game or whatever and i did the same thing it's like okay this is to verify at three hundred yards whether it's a legal forky or not. Yeah, a
0: real forky <laughs> Is it a doe? And then my or buddy was like, dude, <laughs> yeah.
1: what are those? Yeah. And how much did you pay? And I was like, dude, 20 bucks. What are I you know. talking about? You know? <laughs> He's like, no. You need to get better optics. So then I ended up getting I think my first like quality pair I got from Cabela's and I think they were the Alaskan Guide brand, if I remember right. And they were I think eight by forty twos. And I think they're a couple hundred bucks, right? Yeah. So, and I was at this time, at this point, the Sandias were over the counter. So, and I so I got, I got the binoculars and I was like, okay, I paid money for these dang things. And at this time, no one had invented the binocular harness either, by oh. the way, you know, which <laughs> yeah, is a, no yeah, binoculars, right? yeah. um, But anyhow, <clears> so I, I went up to the Sandias and sat up on a rock and I was like, well, I got these binoculars. Let's see what I see. You know, so I was <laughs> like, you know, I'm going to sit here for an hour. No. Right, and glass, <laughs> and in that hour, I learned more about what those mule deer were doing and the hunters were doing than I had in probably three years of hunting out yeah, there. I can imagine. Yeah, you know, yeah. So. No, I
0: believe it. You know, talking about the binoculars, you know, before the hardnesses—that thing would be cutting through your neck halfway through the day. Oh yeah. Trying to pull yeah. your shirt through. Trying. I to, think uh, I had.
1: I think I just kept mine in my fanny pack. dude, oh, You know what I mean? And I did. Oh, there's a deer. Let's see what it is. You know, yeah. and I kind of pulled. That's why they
0: mentioned the fanny pack because I think that's what I hunted with the fanny pack yeah. because yeah. that's what you did with the bow, hunt, especially in the Sandias because you know it, it's mm-hmm. so close but to town. But
1: glassing and and like you said, you know, I know where you were hunting you know, you can't sit down on a knob and glass no, for hours, you, you know, unless you want to glass a hundred yards. Yeah. That's what you're you doing. Know? So a lot of the places that I like to hunt, I can glass a long ways, you know, like the areas I hunt down South, you can glass for three, four miles into big burns and, and big basins and stuff. But, you know, glassing for me, it's, it's now, it's like, that's, it's all I do. Yeah. You know? In
0: that unit that you guys in your family hunted in last year, it can be thick in places. Did you guys do a lot of glassing there, down there? Because it, oh, you know, it says you glassed down low, right off of the mountain for the elk hunt. Yeah, for the elk. Yeah, hunt.
1: yeah. So we were we were more in the open stuff and and found some areas, you know, off the mountain because typically those elk are going to migrate, yeah, you know, off the top. And even without snowfall, those bulls, they they, they, they go down to that area, whether there's snow there or not. Yeah, and I, I think yeah. that's just their their area to get away from the cows. Yeah, um, and you know until. September retreating. comes around again. But, yeah, optics are, you know, gosh, huge. And then guide, just guiding in the last couple of years, just learning from the other guides um, on, you know, using a, uh, a walking stick, you know, like a shooting stick, the previous oh, shooting yeah, stick. Yeah. I don't go anywhere without that thing because you, <laughs> s- you slam that thing down, you, you set your binoculars on top of it. And then just walking, if you want to glass a spot for 10 minutes, instead of sitting down, getting a good steady rest, leaning up against a tree or whatever, it. you can just throw those binoculars yeah. on that stick and have a good steady rest while you're glassing. Yeah, I've seen guys... And man, that's huge. That's, that's like that's like yeah. life-changing. You know, it really is. <laughs> for, if you're gonna... And then the tripod, you know, yeah. setting the tripod and I bought the adapter for the binoculars. For the binos. So when I do sit down, I can just sit there, relax and, and glass because, you know, I've sent people... I'm like you, you got to draw a tag to hunt my spot. Yeah. You know? And so I'm, I'm pretty free with my hunting spots and especially most of the spots I've shot, most of my mule deer are not good units. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? Most people don't even, totally most even people that like... I've sent, they're like, you got to be shitting me. You yeah. know? Or they're like, ah, uh, you know what? Unit. Thanks yeah. for the the info, exactly. but I'll just, I'll still pick another <laughs> unit over that unit. <laughs> exactly. And, and I've had, you know, I've gone with guys and told them, okay, I want you to go up here, sit on this knob and glass this burn. And I'm going to walk back around, kind of do a loop and and glass behind you. And then I'll meet you there, you know, and two hours later, you know, call them on the radio. They're not there. Oh, there wasn't any deer there. And I'm like, there's always deer in here. So I'll sit down (laughs) in the same spot, set up the tripod and glass for 30 minutes and see six bucks. You know, they just weren't patient enough to. Yeah. Because you can sit there for sometimes 30 minutes, 45 minutes and not see anything, even with elk. Yeah. And they're big animals. And then all of a sudden they walk out from that tree that they were standing behind and boom, they're right there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So and then I just think now I could be walking all that burn. And now like I said, I'm fifty now. So yeah. I'm I'm starting to, you know, or getting harder. a little smarter. I'm hoping or you know smarter. I'm <laughs> telling myself that. But I'm just thinking I could walk all that, or I could sit here, drink my cup of coffee and glass it and now. glass this. You yeah.
0: Know? I know that's maybe as you get older it changes. Because I had the hardest time sitting down on water holes little and sitting down glassing when I know I could be walking around and I'm sure he's experienced this too. How many, you know, especially deer hunting, how many deer you just blow up just walking. Oh yeah. You know, you'll blow them out of their yeah. beds and yeah. you, know, you, you get a shot or whatever. Yeah. And,
1: and my first 10 years of, of bow hunting As for mule deer, was. that was my primary strategy was yeah. just to just walk, just to walk. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, once, once I got the binoculars and, and, and started glassing a little bit more, and uh and things and then the thing is too i mean that's one of the most important things of bow hunting is see the animal before they see you yeah because once they see you 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 know yeah you're pegged yeah and they know you're there and even if they don't (laughs) run they still know you're there yeah Yeah. and so if you can find them first and uh it it increases your odds dramatically you know yeah
0: well i think we're gonna wrap this one up for now we'll come back to rich multiple times now he's got he just began his story (laughs) I can talk for years. Yeah. We actually, talk, we should. I know we should have <laughs> recorded right when our first guided. We probably talked for an hour before we even turned it on. He was warming me up. I was warming him up. <laughs> All the stories got splurged out then before we got to the actual recording. But we'll come back and definitely talk with Rich Moore because he, uh, he's experienced a lot. And now that he's guiding, he's got a lot of that insight. And it cha- probably, I'm sure it changed the way you hunt just for yourself too now that you've been guiding. Oh, yeah. Uh, the like, whole glass. thing. Like we were talking
1: earlier, I didn't have elk calls. Yeah, that's serious. You know, saying. I mean yeah. I, you know, and when I first talked to my outfitter, you know, they they, they needed someone desperately. Okay, that's how <laughs> I got the job guiding. And at first I told them no and then I I talked to my wife and she's like, "Well, this is like your dream job and you're retired. Why why don't you do at least one hunt and check it out?" Yeah. So you know i talked to the guy and i said i don't own a bugle do i need to buy a bugle you know and he's like are you kidding me you know and i did spot in stock optics sit on a knob watch them you know that's the last four elk before that that's how i shot you know um but after you know getting the calls learning you know like the guy you had on uh the elk nut oh yeah the uh, elk paul, nut. paul yeah i uh, got that app you know oh. <laughs> and learning yeah, they're not only just making noise, but they're actually communicating. Yeah, and and once you realize that, yeah, once that's you that, yeah, it is life changing. It really is. Yeah, I mean, it's the, like, the glunking. Yeah, um, yeah. I, first time I heard that,
0: you know, we talked about it briefly. I never, I didn't know what was going on. I, I didn't know elk yeah. could even make that noise, or let alone what it meant. Yeah, and now when you start talking to people, I'm like, oh yeah, and, you know, some of the old timers are like, dude, that that was it was going to happen. If I would have known that and had a a Glunt call, yeah, probably would have had a shot on some of these guys, yeah.
1: Once you know, and I was kind of forced into it, <laughs> for, yeah, you know, because I mean, everyone from back east comes out here, and of course, they've watched you know, Primo's videos, yeah, and, and now with YouTube, YouTube's crazy. I mean, you oh, yeah, just search you know, bow hunting elk or whatever, and there's you can just, days, yeah, days, days of it. you can watch elk hunting, <laughs> so and they see the. You yeah. know, the 10 seconds of glory yeah. out of the eight days that it took to get there. You know? <laughs> yeah, they see the so beep. they're expecting that every day. Yeah, you know? And response. Uh, the bull's bugling and you call them in. Yeah. And, and so <laughs> and I, I can't imagine if I would have been out there without an elk call or a bugle. You know. So. And they work, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but like I said, you know, just with technology now, it's crazy with the different apps. And, you know, I listened to the, you know, the Corey Jacobson Elk 101. Yeah. I listened to that. And I had killed several elk and considered myself a pretty an elk hunter oh yeah, <laughs> yeah a pretty successful elk hunter when i got an elk tag i mean i got killed an elk you yeah know? yeah um but after learning you know, these guys that you know hunt elk In three, you know, three to six times a year yeah and yeah. every year and they're going out of state and the knowledge they can spread man and for and for you know what did what that app was what 10 bucks yeah 10 dollars yeah it's yeah. like 10 bucks
0: yeah are you kidding me i know, you know? And it, we were talking about how people griping about it, and we were like, you spend a thousand, you know, outstaters spend a thousand plus dollars on a tag. Yeah. Like oh, you spend yeah. ten dollars on it. It's a one time purchase app. Yeah. You know, like spend $150, to... $150 on three broadheads. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah. what good are those for like four apps? Them, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, Rich. We'll hit you up again and uh, talk more, honey. All right.
1: Sounds good. Thanks for having cool. me on the show.
0: Yeah. And we'll get you back on. Brought to you by. Onyx Maps, know where you stand.